Welcome to Men Alive, a biblical journey to help us conform to the image of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks. Our teacher is my longtime friend, Dr. Jim Cunningham, consultant in adult education and director of Go Teach Global. Dr. Jim. Thanks, Paul. Let's play a fill-in-the-blank question for a moment. What do virtually all men worldwide desire? even more than food or sex? Hmm. I suppose that would depend on their current situation. If they're sick, they would want healing. If they're married, they would want respect. If in prison, then freedom. That's a good analysis. So let me suggest that the main desire for men worldwide is freedom. Freedom from pain, freedom from guilt, freedom from addictions, freedom from oppression. Men want freedom. Our Lord Jesus said in John 8.32, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Jesus came to earth to live a sinless life and then die as a substitutionary sacrifice for my sin, my guilt, my rebellion. His blood makes me white as snow, clean, pure, and free. The Bible calls this being born anew or born again. My wife Rita's life verse is found in Galatians 5.1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Once we accept Christ, we are free from the burden of living apart from God and his good and acceptable and perfect will for our life. My life verse has been 2 Corinthians 3.5-6 where the Apostle Paul writes, Not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. And then verse 17 says, Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Jesus has set us free from what the Bible calls sin. I define sin as selfish individualism now. S-I-N. When I sin, it is usually because I want my way done for my benefit on my timetable. That's selfish individualism now. When I became a disciple of Jesus Christ... I soon discovered that Jesus had only one goal on earth, and that was to do the will of his Father. His whole existence as a human was to know God his Father, to obey, and to do the will of his Father. Even on the night of his crucifixion, Jesus prayed alone in the Garden of Gethsemane, My Father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me, yet I want your will to be done not mine. Jesus, our Messiah, struggled in his flesh and blood with the same issue we struggle with today, to do the will of our Heavenly Father rather than our selfish individualism now. The Apostle Paul put it this way in his letter to the Corinthian Christians, you were slaves to sin, but you were bought with a price. So do not become slaves of men. In other words, do not become a slave to what men expect you to do. Instead, 
do the will of God as revealed in the Bible. Paul repeats this theme again to the Christ followers in Ephesus. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened by a yoke of slavery. A yoke goes around the neck of an animal to guide it and make it go where its master chooses. Many times a yoke was placed over two animals, like two oxen, to make them move together as a team. Paul is indicating here that Christians can be yoked to laws and rules related to earning their salvation rather than accepting by faith that they are free from rituals and laws and works to earn our salvation. At one point in my life, I had a supervisor who was very rigid with expectations that were, in my estimation, beyond reasonable. I was chafing to make a change and to get out from under his leadership. In looking back, I wanted more freedom. My wife was aware of the situation. She knew me and she had met my supervisor. One day she wrote a note of encourage to me that ended with a rather obscure verse of scripture from Deuteronomy 22.10. I looked it up and it read, Do not plow with an ox and a donkey yoked together. She noted that the yoke would be at two different levels as the animals have two varying levels of strength and size. Therefore, the yoke would be forever chafing each other when they tried to plow together. (laughs) I laughed and I asked Rita, So which one of them am I, the ox or the donkey? Her response, that's for you and the Holy Spirit to figure out. Sounds like your wife gave some wise advice. Jim, before you tell us more details of what happened, let me share with our listeners that you are listening to Men Alive with Dr. Jim Cunningham from Go Teach Global. For a copy of today's message, contact Dr. Jim at menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. That's menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. Or go to our website, goteachglobal.com. Jewish believers knew their history from the time of the Exodus. They had been slaves in Egypt. They understood the teaching in Exodus 21. When the slave was to be freed, he could say, I love my master, my wife and my children, I don't want to go free. If he does this, his master must present him before God. Then his master must take him to the door or the doorpost and publicly pierce his ear with an awl. After that, the slave will serve his master for life. They would live with the master from that point forward, even though freed as slaves. So Paul writes, You have been set free from sin and have become slaves of righteousness. Romans 6.18 And then he adds, Now that you have been set free from sin and you have become slaves to God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life. Romans 6.22 Paul You and I as young boys were in essence slaves to sin, selfish individualism, now, before we accepted Christ. But when we accepted Christ as Savior and Lord, we became, as it were, a slave to his holiness and gained eternal life. The Apostle Paul repeats this theme to the Christians in Galatia. 
You, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. Galatians 5.13 The more we study this theme of freedom, the more Scripture tells us what it means. The Corinthians, who were a very ungodly group before conversion, were told, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. 2 Corinthians 3.17 Here's a few things this freedom in Christ means. First, we have freedom to love. Jesus said in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. That is a powerful command. We have freedom to love God and freedom to love our neighbor. Brother Andrew used to say, If we have a heart at peace, we can then have a home at peace, and then a community at peace. Freedom to love God brings freedom to love our family and our neighbor. And it brings freedom to forgive. As followers of Jesus, we are told to be compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you, Ephesians 4.32. God forgives us of our slavery to sin and then asks us as his ambassadors of freedom to forgive those who sin against us. Sounds like the parable Jesus told about the man who had a huge debt and begged his master to forgive his debt because he could not pay it. His master did. And then the man who was forgiven went out and demanded someone who only owed him a tiny debt, pay up. The man with a tiny debt could not pay back his debt, so Mr. Big Debt Forgiven had Mr. Small Debt Owing put in prison. Point made. We have been forgiven of all our sins by a holy, loving God. And now he asks us to forgive others, whatever they have done against us. That's why the Apostle Paul said to the Corinthians, God reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. We are now free to engage in a ministry of reconciliation to bring people together rather than alienating them. Let me tell you a personal story. Our oldest son had been married for a number of years with two children, but he was not walking with the Lord, and their marriage regrettably ended in divorce. We had to forgive him and accept the decision that we found difficult. But rather than taking sides, we said to our daughter-in-law, You are the mother of our grandchildren, so you are still part of our life and we welcome you into our home at any time. And to this day, we still have a warm friendship and still call her our daughter-in-law. That freedom is what I would call a ministry of reconciliation, freedom to restore and build healthy relationships. Freedom applies to financial freedom as well. The Apostle Paul said to the Christians in Rome, many of whom were slaves and servants to Roman authorities, Let no debt remain outstanding except to love one another. Love is the fulfillment of the law. Romans 12, 8. In my lifetime, I have experienced both debt and financial freedom. I can assure listeners there is a freedom that comes from having no outstanding debts, a freedom not to worry or fret or become anxious about the future. I totally agree, Jim. I've experienced this in my family and with my friends. 
Those who are living without debt have a freedom that enables them to be generous with others and help meet the needs of others without the bondage of debt. Debt is like a chain around your neck. It restricts your freedom and increases your anxiety. Paul, one of the most powerful passages of Scripture on freedom is found in Galatians 5. I could only wish we had time to read every word on air, but get a Bible and read Galatians chapter 5. It will change your worldview and allow you to live in freedom. Thanks, Jim. Only God can change a man's heart and give him freedom, freedom from sin and freedom from guilt. For a printed copy or with any question you may have, contact Dr. Jim by sending your email to menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. That's menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. Men Alive is a production of Go Teach Global. For more information, we invite you to visit our website at goteachglobal.com. Until next time, I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks, on behalf of Dr. Jim Cunningham, encouraging you to be men alive, conform to the image of Jesus Christ.